The Theonauts, episode 69. The one where if the devil's bothering you, just make like Luther and scare him away with a fart. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. You know, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm in the studio with Michael right now, Mr. <laughs> Bouncy Wouncy, the whole time. You're like Tigger. Yes. <laughs> I got, I got this. I ex- want one of those. This exercise ball chair. It's great. It's really cool. Yeah, are you exercising while you're sitting? That's right, and it, and it promotes good posture. Yeah. Okay. Hey, all you Theo soldiers out there, I'm David Gaddy, and I'm Jeremiah Orr, and together we are the, the Theo Knots. How you doing? Good. What number am I thinking of, Jeremiah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. Not on Theo Knots. <laughs> Anyways, oh, inside joke. Always with the inside wow. jokes. You know, I bet our listeners get tired of these inside jokes where we just start laughing. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm not even going to tell you. Oh, man. So, how's, how's your week going? Oh, it's okay, I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> tell me how you really feel there, David. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting by. Yeah. We did have a huge... Um, you know, as, as a software engineer, I had a huge migration uh, changing in our code this yeah. weekend. So it was absolutely uh, a major ordeal. Well, Apple's switching around a lot of stuff, right? Well, that didn't help either because I, I did have to download all their the new SDKs yeah. for iOS 9 and, and all that stuff. But uh, this had to do with the mortgage industry. Oh. So I guess some clients in the mortgage industry, and uh, there's a lot of changes this weekend, regulatory changes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's the whole the whole thing is going to change. Like these are some of the most drastic changes in the mortgage industry in the past thirty years. Well, that's interesting for me because we're you know about to apply for a house loan and all that. Ah. So we yeah, might need to look into that. You'll get to experience it firsthand. Great. Great. Because <laughs> you know beforehand they could like. Just make up a bunch of stuff and throw at you yeah. as a good faith estimate here, you know. And then when you get to the closing table, it's nothing like it. Yeah, they're putting the kibosh on all that. Oh wow! Yeah, you're the loan estimate. You, you have to like be way within the parameters. I mean, of what the closing is actually going to be. You have to have your final closing docs three days before closing, which that never happens. Huh? These days, there I mean, it's always like. Five minutes before, and they're still cutting the docks. And, That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, wow. sounds like a lots, fun lots fun of, week for you. Oh yeah, just a total <laughs> total blast. Well, I mean, so, it's only Monday, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been a good weekend for me. Um, yeah, good. I went I went to school this morning, so I actually made it to school. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Teaching. Uh, let's see. Just got done with uh, a unit on Chaucer and Wycliffe, and moving on and it's going to be fun so dig up some bones yeah yeah burn them i'm actually going to show a video about uh it's it's a really good pbs video on uh, it's called the fight for the bible 
Oh. You should check it out. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not as good as our Theonaut episode on how we got the Bible, but I yeah, mean, it's yeah. pretty good. We could just listen to that in class. You think that'd be good? Yeah, do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Go Theonautical on so, it. <laughs> yeah, it um, you know, and I didn't, I didn't bring up some um, uh, feedback that we got recently because it's, it's kind of uh, personal, but the, uh, there was, uh, just put it this way, we've got some feedback from listeners who were, tell, who were telling us that they've changed a lot of how they're thinking and how they're practicing because of some of the counsel that we've given. Really? And wanted to let us know that the Theonauts is touching people's lives and, and helping people. Well, praise the Lord. So, yes. I, That's I, what it's all about, and, and, isn't it? And I said, you know, don't don't praise us. You know, just make sure that don't give us the credit. That's, That's right. That's, you know, God using us in some meager way. Amen. Just a couple of... Babbling <laughs> baboons. <laughs> Just a couple of theonauts. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I've had some people lately who were like they were in here in the, in my office. Uh, we were talking about the mission trip that we're yeah. going on in November, and uh, when we got done, they were all like. You know, I didn't want to say anything before, but what exactly do you do in this room? <laughs> Besides worship Star Wars, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, I am a sci-fi aficionado, as you can see. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, uh, she, she saw the microphones. Here. Oh, yeah. And so she's like, what? and so we were like, yeah, we do this podcast, and it's called the Theonauts. And I got the weirdest look, like, the what? <laughs> So I had to kind of explain it. I don't know. It just loses something whenever you have to <laughs> explain it. You have to well, explain you, it. you know, Theonauts, it's, it makes total sense. It should. And listen, if you're at episode 69 and you <laughs> don't know what Theonauts is yet, man, you need to go back to the beginning and start all over again. You know, that's easier <laughs> said than done. Because I've had a lot of people want to do that. Oh yeah, but you know, iTunes only keeps like a handful. Oh really? In their um, and, and maybe you know, if Michael, Brendan, one of you guys that, that have done this a little bit longer than than us, might be able to shed some light on this. But yeah, most of the time when you go like to iTunes, you can't get the whole back back uh, catalog. catalog. Wow. Uh, the only place I know of where you can get all of the Theo Nuts episodes is at our host where we actually host the, the MP3s, right. uh, which is Podbean. And if right. you go to theonauts.podbean.com, you can get every, every single one, one of them yeah. all the way back to episode one. Well, can't you get it off of the GC network? You can get a lot of them off of there. GCT um, network. Yes. The, um, and our, you know, our Theonauts at, uh, our Theonauts.gctnetwork.com. Right. G, uh, Theonauts podcast takes you to the same place. Uh, dot com. That, that takes you to, um, uh, our back catalog back to, I think, episode 20, somewhere around there. Oh, wow. But if you want to hear like the early, the, the really horrible recordings that we did early on. Hey, I think they were awesome. I'm just hey, saying. The content was good. Yeah. But the it was and it still, was rudimentary to say the still least. Still working on the sound quality. Uh, it's like I constantly am getting people saying, "Hey, man, you're too loud, and the people you're sitting next to are too soft." And I'm like it's, I can't help it. I'm it's trying. It's because you're geared to you know how long have I been out, and you're totally geared towards me. Yeah, I got you. all the equipment geared toward you, and you know I'm so loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm pretty loud too. And yeah. you know the, the 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 guys that we've had in here too. It's like. Well, it's also whenever you say, "Okay, I'm going to do a level check." Yeah, you know, talking to the mic, 
you know, they want to lean over into yeah. the mic and start talking. <laughs> and it's like, well, you're not going to talk like that. And then when it comes in, check one, two. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, and people who aren't used to it. So right. That's but, great. But anyway, we'll get it all figured out. That's I'm, right. I, I've been playing with the levels here. Uh, our friend in, in Peru mm-hmm. who is listening. I uh, hope you haven't, we haven't blasted your eardrums out <laughs> past few times. So, you know, we'll get it all figured out towards the end, right? All right. So let's do some of this. And now the news. See, I think that level was okay. That sounded great. That didn't, like, blow your ears. No. So, for the news, I just have a couple stories today. Um, One of them, that horrible Oregon college shooting Mm -hmm. uh, story. That That whole... Those those evil guns, yes, just are they're at it again. And it's crazy how uh, stop it from happening. Those guns, they just stand up and start shooting themselves. It's yeah. nuts. <laughs> now, um, for those of you who haven't heard, in Roseburg, um, Oregon, this past Thursday, um, there was a lone gunman who walked into a community college and just started shooting. Really, what happened was, and I read this whole story. Originally, I had heard from the news and from everyone else that he was targeting Christians. Yes, I heard that too. Um, that's not necessarily true. Actually, uh, there was a, a a woman survivor who who watched who was there for the entire thing, and what happened is she went in, or he went into her classroom, and he was actually uh, signed up, registered for that class. This gunman was. Okay. He was registered for the class. It was a um, a writing class. Mm-hmm. And so he had missed the first class, but this had only been the second class, second time they'd met together. And so everybody's sitting down in the classroom, and he goes in with all of his guns, and he had a lot of guns on him. He had like three handguns and a rifle on him. And he walks in, and he shoots towards the back, and he says, everybody stand up and come get in the center of the room. So everybody got up and got to the center of the room, and basically, with a smile on his face, he was obviously disturbed. He said that I'm I'm gonna. Um, uh, he he chose one person. Mm-hmm. He said you. He gives him this envelope. He said you go stand in the corner. You're the only one that's gonna survive. Everybody else here is gonna die. Um, and he doesn't say why, but so everybody's kind of laying on the ground, and he had a roll call with him. Of the mm. of the of people people in the, room. in the room, he'd ask them to stand up, and as soon as they stand up, he'd ask them if they were a Christian or they believed in God. Mm. And as soon as he asked them that, he shot them. If they if they said yes, if they even if they said no, one of them said I'm a Catholic. It didn't matter. Um, but the reason he asked them that was because he thought in his deranged mind, I'm going to send this person on to God. Gotcha. So if you believe in God, you're okay. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so there was this one young lady who uh, she pretended, she laid down and pretended she was dead. Yeah, that's the one I'd heard about. Right, heard and about. and she survived the, the entire incident and stood up later and, and, and shared about it. But it's just, uh, if you go on a CNN.com, you can read her, her entire story. Um, it's just a, a crazy, her name is Tracy Hugh, but, it, you know, it's just a sad thing. But then from this... Uh, we get the news that he's targeting Christians, and then you have that the whole hashtag thing going around. I don't know if you saw the hashtag "I'm a Christian" no. going around, but it was this <clears throat> this whole thing on social media, you know, in 
you know, memorandum, I guess, of the, the Roseburg. There were nine that died that day. Right. Um, and the interesting thing that I kept thinking is, and then Michael pointed this out, uh, if you read his tweets from mm-hmm. uh, uh, our our sister show, um, Fighting Christ in Cinema, he pointed out, I'm not sure if I agree with this whole hashtag I'm a Christian thing. It sounds a lot like, uh, you know, I'm I'm of my father Abraham. <laughs> made this really interesting <laughs> statement. And then I thought, you know, I wanted to go hashtag I hope people realize that I'm a Christian by the way I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, that'd be a good, a good hashtag. Right. So, yeah, too long of a hashtag. <laughs> but anyways, I you know, it, it just goes to serve, goes to show you that, you know, you need to read the whole story before you start saying this or that or pointing fingers or anything. And again, this has sparked the whole gun debate, whether or not um, guns should be allowed in America or not. Our president has stood up and said that it's time to buckle down on our gun laws and all this. And, um, you know, the gun free zone wasn't quite big enough for the, (laughs) It needed to extend past the campus, right? Right, exactly. Maybe the whole city needed to be a gun-free zone? You know, you think that the gunman would stop and see that sticker and go, oh, I can't bring my gun Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> At least, you know, I should have left one of these yeah. in my arsenal behind me. So what do you what do you think about that? I want to ask the listener, and I want to get some feedback on this. Do you think that we should have more restrictions on guns? Why or why not? Um, and I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of people turning kind of like turning away from the whole gun gun uh belief and freedom of you know the second amendment freedom right. freedom right to bear arms and i kind of go you know i think it was washington that said that you know the minute that the government starts taking away your guns you need to start taking away the government from the government right, right? yeah and so uh anyways it's a really good debate but um uh, uh, otherwise, in the news, uh, there was a gay priest that came out and got shut down. Um, gay priest has been stripped of duties at the Vatican. This is from CNN.com. Um, a oh, Polish, so you do have Pope news. Well, this isn't Pope news. This is priest news. <laughs> it was a lean week. Okay, just chill out. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> Rome, CNN, a Polish priest who served with the Vatican's doctrinal arm will no longer be able to carry out his duties after announcing he is gay on the eve of a major church meeting, a Vatican <clears throat> spokesperson said. And this is what got me. It says, with his partner at his side, Monsignor... Christoph Olaf Charmazia held a news conference Saturday in Rome calling on Pope Francis to revise Catholic doctrine on homosexuality, which considers same-sex relationships sinful. Here's my question. Is he not a priest? What do you mean, is he not a priest? He's a priest. Yeah. He's a Polish priest, yet he has his quote-unquote partner at his side. Well, are are not priests not allowed to even have any type of <laughs> maybe he found a loophole relationship? <laughs> the last time I checked, priests weren't allowed to marry or have girlfriends or whatever. Right? Right? Well, it's not a girlfriend. Oh, I guess not. It's a boyfriend, <laughs> huh? That's really interesting. At first, I was thinking this. I was going, okay, so this priest might come out as gay, and follow me on this. I believe that some people. Uh, will struggle with homosexuality for their entire life, like I struggle with any other sin, right? Uh, sexual or otherwise, right? And so, 
that being the case, fighting against it uh, is what we're called to do, right? Mm -hmm. So what if this priest came out and said, I struggle with homosexuality, and that's part of the reason I'm a priest is because I'm going to abstain from any type of uh, sexual relationship with anyone, right? right? And that would be commendable. (laughs) So when I first read this headline, I'm thinking, well, a priest comes out as a homosexual, they ought to support him and say... Keep you know right. following Christ, right. uh, but then I read with his partner at his side, and I just go, oh, it's, yeah, so, that kills me. Well, he's he's calling for the Pope to change it, right? He wants so, the Pope to change it. Yeah, so that doesn't that tells you where his, his exactly. feelings on it are. <laughs> uh, it says uh, Charisma forty three said that timing uh, the announcement was intended to. Put the topic before the Synod of Bishops, the three-week assembly of bishops from around the world beginning Sunday will address the issue facing Catholic families. So uh, he wants to have the church, and it's a really interesting thing, the Catholic church has kind of been bouncing kind of back and forth with this the whole issue yeah. right now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I just think it's, I think it's so sad, you know, that this guy... <laughs> And I mean, he automatically the pope pope said that obviously he's decommissioned and he's going to be stepping down, and we're not going to have that here or anything like that. Um, Stop that! <laughs> Stop that! <No. laughs> Go away. Okay, he uh, he says this is really interesting. In an interview with CNN on Sunday, he said. Um, in the 48 hours since coming out as a gay man, the second day when I feel uh, the second day when I feel freedom, peace, and happiness for being near the will of God for my life, his path, he said, was one of understanding his orientation, his nature, and to reflect about. Now I can say I am a happy priest. Now I am transparent, he said. His sexual orientation was given to him by God, he says, who called it a project from God to him to understand and to share his reflection with others. My decision of coming out is my gift as a gay priest for others. He said, wow. Yeah, that's different. (laughs) It's totally different, but it's making headline news, which is pretty interesting. And I'm just telling you, it's not going to be long folks. It's crazy. Um, But how about some good news for a change? I have one really good story. Bring it. Uh, for the first time ever. Just one really good story. One really good story. Yeah, that's all I can find is just one. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of sad stuff going on. But for the first time ever, fewer than 10% of the world's population will be living in extreme poverty. How much percent? Fewer than 10% of the world's population will be living in, quote-unquote, extreme poverty. That's pretty it's good. It's a relative term, though. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. The World Bank has released some encouraging news. According to the World Bank released it, by the way. Um, according <laughs> to their projections. So that may have something to yeah, do with it. By the end of this is from relevant. Of all of our customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Way to yeah. shoot the good news just right in the face, David. Well, well, here's Way what, to do that. Well, here's where I'm coming from. <laughs> you know. Since I have a heart for Haiti and other places sure, like, where, sure. where you know it's just abject poverty, right? I've done a lot of number crunching and looking at world statistics. And if you make ten thousand dollars a year, you are in the ninety percent as richest people in the world. 
I mean, you're in the top 10%, sorry. You're in the top 10% of the richest people in the world. Now, if you, if you think about that, I don't see how these numbers match up. It doesn't make sense to me. Because because you've got a huge population in China. You've got a huge population in, in most African nations and all this. And these people make a dollar a day if, right. if they're lucky. So I guess that wouldn't be extreme poverty then. Yeah, so it's who, what do you call extreme What do you call extreme poverty? Because yeah. that's a relative term. In, in, in America, what, where's the poverty line? 20,000? Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. Th- those people are stinking rich in the world's eyes. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, we but we don't see it that way. Right. I mean, we, well, let me you get food stamps. Let me read what let me read what Relevant Magazine says. It says the World Bank has released some encouraging news. According to their projections, by the end of 2015, for the first time ever, fewer than 10 percent of the global population will be living below the extreme poverty line. While the fall of the number of people living in extreme poverty is encouraging, the numbers indicate poverty is still a major problem in many parts of the world. The line for extreme poverty is only an income of a dollar ninety a day, and many of the extremely poor are isolated to a single region. More than half of the ten percent live in uh, sub-Sahara Africa. So, so they are considering yeah those. It's a dollar so ninety a day. So if you make less than two dollars a day, you fit into their their category. If you yeah, if you make less than two dollars a day, you fit in their category. But if you make $2 and up, you're just in poverty. And I imagine that that is most of the population. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. in poverty. Uh, and again, you, you're absolutely right. Americans, uh, 20,000 is, I mean, we're extremely wealthy yeah. here in America. And uh, so, anyways, take that how you want to, but it's kind of encouraging, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we got to continue doing our part to end poverty now. And that's the reason you're going over to, uh, Haiti, right? Yeah, yeah. When are you heading over there? November the 12th. Awesome. Awesome. So what are you going to be doing? We are going to be doing um, the same type of thing we did before there in Merger. We're going to be you know, helping the locals and, and doing the soccer ministry and um, uh, feeding the children there and visiting the orphanage. Uh, but then we're going back to Laganov, the island. Yeah. And we're going to be That's uh, exciting. doing some exploration there as to what we can do to help that area. Um and how we can improve our transportation over there, and because that's just like it's really hard to get to. Right. So, um, yeah, one of the things that we're we're gonna have to raise between now and then is we need shoes, we need uh, clothes, we need. Um, uh, I think we're gonna try and do some hygiene kits again. Cool. Um, so, uh, we're also you know trying to help buy food over there once we get over there to distribute to uh there's like 70 families in this one shanty town where we are going to try and help them and then we're going to try and do that in Laguanov as well so uh if you guys want to help us with this uh you can you can do that i mean you can jump over to footprintsofcharity.org and go to donations and click the donate to haiti button and uh just do whatever your heart 
leads you to, where God leads you. That'd be awesome. So, um, yeah, anything anything you can do can help because uh, we'll put everything that you give to use. I mean, th- there's no overhead here. There's no right. There's no um, bureaucracy. <laughs> I mean, it's going straight into the work. And that's one of the beauties of a, of a small organization like yours, where you're able to actually go straight into you know what you put forward. It's not like uh, Goodwill or something like that. It's right. yeah, or American Red Cross, which yeah. United Way. United Way. Those are great, you know, organizations to give to. But the great thing about companies like Footprints, if you call it a company, I guess you call yeah, it a nonprofit it's a, organization. It's a nonprofit organization. Yeah. Um, the great thing about these organizations like Footprints of Charity is that it goes, I mean, literally straight from your hand into the hands of those that need it. Right, so right. definitely give, definitely uh, support that yeah. that ministry. And also, you know, you can help through prayers. I mean, oh yeah, because we hit, we're we're bringing a team of about uh, ten to twelve people. Yeah, and uh, so you know, pray for the safety and that God will work through them. Yeah, so. that's all I've pretty much got for the news. I mean, there's this new invention called the pizza pouch. I don't know if you want to hear about that, but other than that, <laughs> I, that's all I got. I tell you what, why don't we do some trivia? Sounds good. Hey, where's the thing? Uh oh. Theo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. I, I think we need a new cord. Hang on. Okay. Let's see what happens there. Whoa. Hey. Video trivia. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. I gotta get that fixed. Yeah, seriously. Wow, that's a problem. So yeah. I think I'm leading. No, I'm not leading. You actually, you're you're winning. Am I? Yes. I thought we you won beat. Same. No, you beat Old Testament. And you, and you're still on Old Testament. I think so. I lost both. Okay. Questions last time. All right, so I'm on history and geography. Yes. All right, lay it on me. Oh gosh, this is so easy. In what city was Paul killed? Do you really want to let this play out? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a clever melody. Yes, it is. <laughs> Rome. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Awesome. Okay. Uh, you are on Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, I know we've asked these questions before, but here we go. I'll probably get it wrong now. You said that. Way to go, man. Way to make me look like a just total renard. It has nothing to do with memory. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to skip that one. I know that was... <laughs> no, don't skip it. Come on, man. Give it out. Let's go. Okay. Why did Rachel give her maid, Bilhah, to Jacob as a concubine? <laughs> Because she was, she couldn't give birth, and she was in competition to Leah for babies, basically. Yes, <laughs> they were on the baby war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 baby wars. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm better than oh, you. Dad, give it. Bill Ha, Bill I ha. need you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Jacob's just living it up, man. <laughs> okay, like, hey. if I must. <laughs> All right. 
Okay. Uh, prophecy. Prophecy. Okay. What did John say that God would do to anyone who adds the things adds to the things prophesied in Revelation? This is the kitty model. <laughs> <laughs> He would add those plagues in the book. Yes, to them. that's right. Okay. Um, oh, this will be fun. This is the. This is not the kitty one, by the way. Okay. Great. <laughs> History and geography. All right. That is where we're at, right? Yeah. Okay. Who was the last good king of Judah? Isaiah? Yay! Ha <laughs> ha! Wow! Josiah. He was uh Oh Second Kings twenty one and twenty three. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, Is that not what you said? I said Uzziah. <laughs> well, in Hebrew, it would be Josiah. Okay, I got it right. <laughs> yeah, let's count that. Let's totally I totally was just Hebrew. Because you know, it up J's there. and Y's yeah. are you know, Well, I was yeah. Okay. So I mean I yeah, I knew who it was though. Go ahead. All right. Get thee behind me, Satan. Yes, we're gonna kick Satan out today. Woohoo! So, <laughs> I, okay, before we even begin, I have a story about this. Okay, go All ahead. right, so uh, this new movie, War Room, came out. I don't know if you've seen the I movie didn't. War Room. I did. But yeah, it's really, it's it's pretty good. I liked it. it yeah, I enjoyed it. Clever. Uh, it was a little cheesy, but other than that, it was pretty good. The end was just way too cheese to me. But, you talking about the jump rope thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got an idea to show this guy is totally reformed. Let's uh, let's do a jump rope montage. <laughs> Go. Okay. Anyways, but no. <laughs> all right. So there's this part in the movie where the woman stands up and she just lets the devil have it. Right. Yes. yes. She goes through her house and she's going, "Get behind me, Satan!" Blah blah blah. Get blah, out blah. of this house. Get out of this house. So she's walking through the house alone, saying this stuff. Right, and I'd seen this movie once before already. My wife took me to see it. Oh, so you've seen it twice? Now. Yes, I've seen it twice. Then uh, I get news that our our school is going to go watch it. I go to you know Christian private school. I teach English at Christian private school, and uh, and so our school is going to watch this. And so I I'm sitting behind these just the most annoying eighth grader eighth grade boys of all time. They're just crazy boys okay and they're always in trouble anyways and i'm like i i've got to do this so they're sitting there and they're intensely watching this part <laughs> and it's kind of like it's kind of creepy because you're kind of looking in the background seeing okay is satan really there like is he gonna show up on screen or something is that gonna be and so in the middle of her just yelling get me, get me satan and all this stuff i just reach up and grab one of the shoulders and I go oh like that. And this kid throws his popcorn 
all over the place, <laughs> screams like a third grade girl. He's like, oh, Mr. Orr, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, sorry, I uh, I just wanted to get you into the movie, you know? It was one of the best experiences. They didn't know he was going to a horror flick. Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. But anyways, yeah, so our topic. Yes, is about kicking Satan out. That's right. And, um, well, what what made me think about this study is several things. I mean, <clears throat> you and I have both, you know, been put in the position to counsel people. And, yeah. And that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I've I've uh, been in, in the position to counsel, you know, several people throughout uh, the past few years, and especially um, teens and and uh, young men and and that sort of thing, and and uh, my wife and I have <clears throat> been doing some you know youth work with our church and sure. Anyway, once I got to know some of these guys, I mean, I would start getting, and I'm sure you've gotten these same type of of calls or visits, and and it's just people struggling, mostly struggling with sin. Sure. And you know, Christians devout. I mean, they're 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 wanting to serve God and, and all that, but man, it's like they just can't seem to to cut a break, and um, um, getting hit from every side with temptation and with and just you know, if they're succumbing to it, right? And so, um, you know, I would get these these calls from these guys being like, you know, I'm I'm about ready to give up. Yeah, and and um, and I, and whenever you hear that, it's so disheartening because it's you know people. It's like I'm trying my best to serve God, and I can't break free of these sins. I can't break free of all these problems. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the point if I can't be what God wants me to be? And, that, and that's kind of. Um, it, it, it's kind of what we want to address, really, in this whole uh, discussion about Satan, because we want to talk about how you're listening to the wrong people. You're listening to Satan. You're not. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Right. And um, and so, you know, I've had people say, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit church. I'm not going to to participate uh, in any of our church events anymore because. Um, I just, I'm not worthy. And that seems to be, you know, that, that keeps coming up. Uh, I've disappointed God. Um, I don't think there's any way God will ever let me into heaven. Hmm. Um, you know, he can't forgive me for this again. Um, and a lot of this is our mentality that we have naturally because we are in a fallen state. Right. And we're in, we're in this even in our society, everything is a risk-reward type sure. of thing. I mean, you have to do good, and you have to be good in order to excel or, or to receive rewards. Right. And whether it's sports or academics or your job or whatever it is you do, you've got to be good at it right. in order to, to, to excel. And this comes out <laughs> in our, our preaching, too, uh, in, in the pulpit. Uh, these days, for instance, whenever somebody's doing the Lord's Supper, uh, in a lot of times they'll bring up uh, the passage in First Corinthians, mm-hmm. right, right before the Lord's Supper, where Paul right. talks about 
don't eat or drink unworthily. Right, right. right? And you eat or drink damnation to your soul. Yeah, so you eat and that drink damnation sounds to your very soul. scary. Exactly, because if you're not doing good, then you can't participate in the Lord's Supper of all things. Yeah. Now, the Lord's Supper of all things, why do we have that? Is to show that we're not good enough. Right. Right? Well, and that's that Christ the reason became. Why Jesus is even here. Exactly. Or the reason why he even came. Yeah. I mean, this is, is like. Um, it, it's a conundrum. It's a it's that we get ourselves in because that passage, by the way, and we've said this on the show before, but that passage does not mean you have to be worthy to right. partake. It, what that passage means is honoring Jesus as being worthy. Yeah, worthily. It's 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 an adverb to put on how you take it. It's not an adjective put on the subject. So. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Grammar, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, so it, it, we, we just, that's just an example. We take things like that, sure. that wrong. But what I, what I want us to do is recognize that this is, Satan loves this about you. Satan loves this doubt. Yeah. That, that creeps in. Yeah. Because he can capitalize. Yeah. On it. And, uh, and so <clears throat> I want to talk about how Satan fights. You know, Satan's not necessarily a, uh, uh, a big, tough guy. You no. know, John Cena could take him yeah. down. Well, here, here's my best analogy. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the comic universe for a okay. second. If there would be a, the best picture of Satan to me in the comic universe, in the Marvel comic universe, is Loki. Yeah. Okay. Think yeah. about that. I mean, you have Thor, he's a trickster, right? But Loki's like, I mean, he's he's really not all that powerful or anything. Yeah. He doesn't have all that great muscle or yeah. You know, he's not. His fights Thor. are all kind of one sided. His fights, yeah, exactly. Hulk slinging him around, <laughs> exactly. Just just beating the ever living junk out of him. And the reason is is because he's just a wimp, but he's really good with his mouth mm-hmm. and he's it's really conniving. good with his conniving and, and tricking. Yes. He's a lot like Satan. He lies and yeah. he deceives. Yeah. So let's look at first Peter five in verse eight. It says, Be sober and, and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, is on the prowl looking for someone to devour. Yeah. That's coming from the, the NET. Um, so think about who Peter is warning here. Is he warning like alien sinners that don't have Jesus? No. That, that, that Satan is after them? No. Satan is, he's already got those people. Right. He doesn't need to do anything to those people. Right. Those people are already lost because they don't have Jesus. Except for keep them fulfilled in their own lust and desires. Right, but that's easy to do. Exactly. I mean, that's just fueling the fire that's already going. Exactly. So he makes the point here, Peter makes the point that Satan is interested in you yeah. as a Christian. Well, who's he talking to there? He's talking to Christians. Correct. Yeah. And, and so... That's that's why the warning exists. He's he's looking for chinks in your armor. Exactly. And he's looking for a way in. Right. And we are constantly, um, when we let our human side, we let the spirit dwindle, we start uh, quenching the spirit, we start leaving... An opening, you know. It reminds me of that uh, of that example that Jesus gave about the the guy who's possessed by the seven 
uh, demons, and they all leave, but the guy doesn't fill it with anything else. Right. The house remains vacant, and or there's another spirit left, and seven more took its place. That's right, what because there was plenty of room in there. Exactly. So it's it's like you have to make sure that you're letting the spirit fill that room. Yeah. And 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 everything. Well, that actually, <clears throat> I mean, uh, there's a great screw tape quote. I was thinking a lot about screw tape. Oh yeah, Lo- I whenever. love screw tape. Yeah, C.S. Lewis writes a great book. It's called the Screw Tape Letters, and uh, um, one of one of one of Screw Tape's quotes is: "It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out." Huh. Right. Right. So that that whole <laughs> image of okay, so the demon leaves, and then he he has an empty house, right? Right. right. Instead of seven coming back in, instead of this person filling it with with godly things, filling it with uh, fruits of the spirit, filling it with scripture and prayer, and you know, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I- instead, he's allowing you know. He's keeping the things out that need to fill it up. Exactly. And 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 so, you know, Satan's always going to be getting in between yeah. you and your Bible, in between you and your prayer room, yeah. you in, in between you and God as much as he can. And his goal is to make you make make you think that or, or keep out of your mind that you're more than conquerors. Right. Through Christ. Keep out of your Doubt. mind Exactly. He, he 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 wants you to doubt. Exactly. Your he wants you to doubt your position with God, your relationship with God. He wants you to he wants you to be scared yeah. of God and not loving of God. Now, yes, we're told to fear God. And that part of that is reverence. Part of that is a genuine fear. fear. Yeah. When you step before the Almighty God of the universe, trust me, your knees are going to buckle. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's going to be some real genuine fear there. But but the but the problem is he's also our father. Right. And while we have a great respect and a great uh, loving fear for our father, we don't, we're not scared of him unless he's an abusive father. Yeah. And. And and Satan wants you to be scared, uh, and and wants to prey on those. Right. And um, <clears throat> Paul tells the Ephesians, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against uh, spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Yeah. So your your fight on this earth is not with other people. I mean, it might seem like it sometimes. But ultimately, the fight is with Satan and his minions, right? And the and the things that he is laying before your path, and that may include how he's working through other people yeah. or with other people. But that's good. <clears throat> so um, let's look at how how Satan works here for a minute. Okay, Satan is primarily a liar. Yeah, that's that's. He gets that, uh, uh, this is one of the ways that Jesus uh, refers to him in John 8, uh, 44 through 45. Jesus is having this this debate with the Pharisees, and it gets kind of heated <laughs> yeah. at one point, uh, so much so that, 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 that Jesus just kind of lays it on them. He says, you people are from your father, the devil, and you want to do what your father desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not uphold the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he lies, he speaks according to his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I am telling you the truth, 
you to not believe me. Hmm. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a second. So if Satan's talking to you, he's lying to you. Yeah. If he's putting, if he is laying before you these doubts, those are lies straight from Satan. Now, the truth is what God has told us and what Jesus has told us. Right. And what does Jesus say here to the Pharisees? You can't hear my truth because you're too busy listening to the lies. To the lies. And how true that is whenever we get into these these areas of doubt in our lives. Yeah. When we're struggling with Satan and we're letting we're we're struggling with our sin or we're struggling with with uh, our acceptance from people or whatever it may be that's dragging us down, that's tearing down our faith. Or- well, and you got to think, <laughs> what were the Pharisees doing? The Pharisees were, were trying their best and then telling everybody else to try their best at living this perfect life, right? They were, right. They were strapping heavy burdens upon themselves and then hypo- hypocritically doing that. Right. But in their mind, they're thinking, if I don't even maybe even look like this, then I'm not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. I have to be. I have to be Abraham's son, right? Right. I have right. to be this. I have to be that and that and that and that. And I have to put on this facade gotta look and look good. this part. And if I don't do that... Because if then... I'm telling people to do this and I don't look that way... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, they're they're believing Satan's lies all the way through. Satan's saying, if you are not this perfect Jewish man, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're you, you might as well give up now. Yeah, you brought up a, a, an interesting point there about them being hypocrites. Yeah. And I want the, the listeners to realize that oftentimes we kind of give these Pharisees a bum rap because we treat them like, uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have been like them. <laughs> but yes, you would have. Yeah. I mean, we would have a large percentage of, of faithful people, if transported back in time, would be exactly where the Pharisees are. You know, because a hypocr- hypocrisy here. Is not intentional, and I think that people have it in their minds yeah. that that when someone's a hypocrite, they're saying one thing and doing another purposefully. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I mean, this really hits home for me in my own in my own life, even recently. Just looking at this and going, you know, I think the church in today's society is breeding hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. It's and they don't even realize it. it's just naturally breeding hypocrisy and. And all all they have to do is just say, you have to hide your sin, and you have to pretend to be this thing, this perfect thing that you're not. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, then you're not this great Christian, right? And you you know you have to do this, and it's, it's the exact same thing, yes, as the Pharisees of of that. And you know it's sad that the church is doing that, and it's it's a lie from Satan. Yes, it's crazy. So, um, aside from that being his main uh, modus operandi, he is also, he tempts us. That's that's one of the things that that he does. He wants to put things in front of you. Um, In Matthew 4, uh, 1 through 3, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was famished. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. So he's a tempter. Yeah. And know that when you're being tempted, you are not alone. 
Yep. The, uh, your Savior, Jesus himself, was tempted. And I'm sure that was a tempting offer <laughs> after 40 <laughs> days of fasting. Um, but here's one of the things that, aside from tempting us, aside from lying to us, um, here's one of the big ones. Satan accuses us. And uh, this comes from the Revelation. In fact, that's a, his original name, isn't it? Yes, the the name Satan means the accuser. Right. It's it's a title more so than a name. Yeah. He's the accuser. Well, if you think of it in the courtroom setting, he's he's the prosecution. Yes. Right. Yes. And and so, um, l- listen to what it says in the Revelation uh, twelve verse ten. It says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the ruling authority of his Christ have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters, the one who accuses them day and night before our God has been thrown down. Okay, this is referring to Satan. Right. And it said, look at what it says he's doing. He accuses our brothers and sisters before God day and night. This, ac- these accusations have a rippling effect on us. Yeah, the 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 minute you're saying, "I'm not good enough," I'm not, I, I'm just not worthy. God can never love me. No one can love me. I'm 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 worthless. I'm a horrible servant. Those are those are accusations. Right. Those are accusations being pushed against you. By the accuser, yeah, and that's one of his tools. And here's the, here's the really great thing: God doesn't disagree with that. Correct. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't say no. You're wrong. Right. What he says is no. You're right. And so I sent my son to die for it. Correct. I've made intercession for exactly. That. I've, I've, ta- I've taken that care of it. So there's nothing else to accuse. Right. So now all Satan has as the accuser is to remind you of. These things that you've done in your past. The guilt. The guilt. The shame. Right. All these things that come along with sin. (laughs) You have to let go of those because God has let go of them. It's almost like, okay, so you're sitting in the courtroom and you're sitting on your defense side and you just keep hanging your head, standing up and walking over to Satan's side and sitting down, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're right. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then... God is going, no, my son has paid for that. And Jesus constantly picks you back up, takes you over and says, no, you're completely 100% covered. Yes. Yeah. That's, but but it's, so, it's, uh, it's our human nature to listen to these to accusations that, yeah. because we can't see what God sees in us. Right. What God sees in us is his son. Yeah. When he looks at you, he doesn't just see you. He sees his son in you. We are positionally perfect before God. Right. But that's not because of your doing. It's not because of your goodness. It's not because of your righteousness. It's because all your righteousness has been given to you through Jesus' uh, godly life that he led on this earth. Right. The, the sacrifice that was made on the cross was an exchange. Your filthiness for his cleanliness. Yeah. And so, yes, it hurts whenever you sin. Yes, it hurts whenever you can't seem to get past a sin. But the more you let Satan get in there and accuse you, the less 
that you can get past it. Right. And basically what you're doing is you're just giving up, and that's Satan's, Satan's goal. That's what he wants. Right, is for you to give up, to lay down the sword, because, and to lay down the fight. Because the more you're concerned about your own well-being, the more you're concerned about your own uh, uh, situational standing with God, the more you're concerned about that, the less you're concerned about the guy down the streets. Yeah. And you're not witnessing, you are not converting, you're not preaching, you're not loving others because you're consumed with your own... Self-righteousness. Correct. Even <laughs> though it seems like you're self-pitying yourself, you're you're so concerned with fixing my problem... Yeah. That you're you're not able to fix somebody else's. Yeah, I keep going every time I think about the study of Satan. I keep going to, back to Martin Luther because I really I think Martin Luther, the pioneer of of the Reformation, I think he really he he has some good thoughts about Satan. But if you look at Martin Luther's life mm-hmm. before he understood grace versus after he understood grace. Yes. Before he understood grace, what is he doing? He's sitting in a closet whipping, whipping himself. Whipping himself, yes. Right? He's he's making himself his own whipping boy. Why? Because of this exact thing exactly. that we're talking about. He can't understand that grace. And then as soon as he, he gets it, that click happens, what does he become? He becomes God's crusader for yes. for the gospel. This is why the doctrines of uh, of... Of uh, what do you call it? Atonement, right? And these are false the, 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 because of of this. Yeah, you are atoned for. Right. You don't make atonement. You can't. There's, There's nothing you can do. Exactly. You um, can't beat yourself up enough. You know, uh, Paul was also concerned uh, that that we let this type of thing get to us. He wrote to the Corinthians and he said there. He says in uh, chapter, uh, I think that's eleven. I've got a really bad copy here I'm reading. It says, but I'm afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve by his treachery, your minds may be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion in Christ. Yeah. He's, what happened to Eve? She was deceived away from the purity and the things that God had, right. had, had given before her right. uh, and, and became consumed with the lie. Yeah. That, that Satan presented uh, to her. I really like uh, this quote by Dr. Neil Anderson from the Freedom in Christ Ministries. He says, If I were to tempt you, you would know it. If I were to accuse you, you would know it. But if I were to deceive you, you wouldn't know it. The power of Satan is actually in the lie. Yeah, that's good. If you remove the lie, you remove the power. Right. You see, because the time you're being accused, if you knew it was Satan accusing you, you could fight that. Yeah. But as long as you think it's God yeah. who's doing the accusing, then you can't defeat that. Right. You have, And, and that's the power of the lie. Yeah. When you add these things together and he's lying and he's deceiving, he's, he's uh, accusing and he's all that together makes him a very scary adversary. Right. And one that we need to rely on God and rely on the Holy Spirit in order to confront. You know, whenever I was a kid and I did something wrong, I'd go hide, right? Because I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. Right? And I'd be afraid of my dad or afraid of what he'd do or say. 
And I would believe the lie in my mind that told me, oh, dad's going to kill me. Dad's going to kill me. Right? Dad's Uh just going to destroy me. When really all dad wants to do is help me. Right. Right? Really all dad wants to do is restore me. Is to take care of me. And to make sure that that I'm I'm okay. That's right. Because he loves you. Exactly. And believing that, oh, dad's going to kill me. Dad's going to kill me. That's that's Satan. That's the lie. Yes. You know? It's crazy. So, uh, well, let's see. What's my next... So, uh, how do we confront the I'm Satan? still trying to read my own printout here. <laughs> <laughs> so organized. Yes, I am. <laughs> I can read it. Uh, you ready? You, oh, yeah. Yes, uh, well, hang on. It's first... First Peter, yeah. First Peter five eight. Yeah, we we started talking. We started talking about it earlier. Go ahead and, and and read the passage there. Okay, it says, "Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, uh, is on the prowl, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, strong in your faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are." Enduring. Enduring the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of uh, all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him belongs the power forever. Amen. A powerful verse. Yeah. I mean, because we started with the whole thing about him being this lion. Right, S- seeking whom he may devour, um, but it's so cool h- how it says that that he works in his. He says, "Resist him, strong in your faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are enduring the same kinds of, of suffering. Right. You're not in this battle alone." You're not the only one who struggles with sin. You're not the only one who caves in the sin. Right. You're not the only one who has doubts and loses faith on occasion. Right. You are part of the crowd. You're, you, yeah. You, the, in other words, the first thing he says is, "You're not in the battle alone. You have a you have a group of brothers and sisters right. who are fighting the exact same yes. fight you're fighting." And and of course, the very first thing he says is, "Resist him." Yeah. Okay. Now, if he's a deceiver, if he's a liar. How do we resist lies? Well, a lie is false. Yeah. So what we have to do is find the, the truth. truth. And where do we find that? In the Word. Right. You have to be in the Word. You have to, to constantly be uh, burying yourself into you the You got to quote Deuteronomy to the devil. <laughs> right? Go for it. <laughs> That's good. Did that come out of the war room? <laughs> Actually, no. It, Rich Mullins has a song called "Quoting Deuteronomy to the Devil." Oh, okay. That's one of my favorite <laughs> songs. Anyways, so go ahead. Well, um, <laughs> Jesus Himself, when He's praying, yes, uh, said uh, to to God, He was like, "Sanctify my disciples in truth. Your, Your word, word is, is truth. truth." Amen. And so, so we know that if 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 Satan's lying, the opposite of that is the truth, and so that we need to rely on him. Yeah. Titus in Titus 1 tells us, uh, as he's writing, that, that we should lean on God for eternal life, who does not lie, because hmm. he promised these things before the ages even began. Amen. So God is, is uh, I don't want you to think of God on one side and Satan on the other, 
because it, that's unfair to God. Yeah, that's so true. Be- because Satan is not worthy of that. Right. You see these Facebook memes, the one where God and or Jesus and Satan are arm wrestling, and you're like, <laughs> like if you think God will win, and comment if you think Satan will win, and they're like both muscly veined arms, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's no, not it. It's not the way it works. <laughs> Satan is a puny little rascal. Right. He's he's a snake in the grass. Amen. And so <laughs> and. And Jesus is crushing his head with preach his heel. Preach it, Lord, preach So, yes. That's good. Get thee behind me, Satan. Hold on, hold on. You got no power over me. <laughs> okay, so let's look at some lies. All right. Let's look at some lies that, that we might be listening to. Okay. And then let's look at the truth and see how they measure up. Awesome. So that's a, that's a good way. And these are just common things sure. that might come into your mind whenever you're letting Satan lead your thoughts. The first lie, God must be disappointed in me. I, and he must, he must be feeling like giving up on me. Hmm. Well, the truth is, if we look at Philippians 1, verse 6, it says, um, For I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Yes. That's a statement about uh, sanctification. Right. So that means you started with Jesus. He is going to continue to perfect that work that he began in you until he comes back again. Right. Okay? That's not disappointment. That's not... Uh, let's not go backwards. Let's not go back to, to how we were before we came to Jesus, which is what the mentality is telling us if we're ready to give up. If, if we feel like we're just a disappointment to God and, and, and we don't need to be uh, in his presence anymore. Right. He says, I've started this work in you. It's not your work. This is my work. And right. I started it in you. Yeah. And I will perfect it. Until the day of Jesus. Yeah. When we'll be completely glorified. All right. Here's another lie. God doesn't really love me. If God loved me, I wouldn't be having all of these problems. And the answer to that, John 15, 9. Mm-hmm. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. As the Father has loved me. This is Jesus talking. Right. As the Father has loved me. How much does God the Father love God the Son? Amazingly, amazing. yeah. Well, it's it's an unfathomable. Yes, he's comparing his love to the way the Father loves him. Mm-hmm. There's no way that God can't love us. He loves us. Yes, as the Father unconditionally, loves the Son. unconditionally, the, the agape love. This right. this love that does not is not dependent upon your deeds. It's the it's not dependent upon your failures. It's not dependent upon those things. Right. It's an unconditional love because he loved you while you were yet sinners. Yeah. While you were yet still enemies of God. That's when he gave Jesus Christ to the world. That's right. Um first John three and one. See what sort of love the Father has given to mm, us. That we should be called. That we should be called God's children. That's right. And indeed we are. So we, so we see here that th- this is about a father's love to his children. A, a, a child is going to disappoint his father. A child is going to be doing things all throughout his childhood yeah. that is going to, to cause problems. Does that mean the father stops loving him? 
Never. Never. And if you've ever had a child, you 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 know this. Right. You know this. And and what's he say? He says, "What kind of gifts do you think you're going your father's going to give you?" You don't. You don't give your child a snake when he asks for a stone right. or, or a, a fish. <laughs> <laughs> so good, Daddy. I'd like a stone, please. Here's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Which child, you know, when he asked for bread, would give him a stone? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> that's, I think that's what you meant there. And that's so true. It was a fish and a snake. Yeah, it was, it was a fish and a snake. There you go. <laughs> stone in the bread. Okay. <laughs> we'll get it right. Yeah. We know what we're talking about, really. Seriously. Come on. <laughs> okay, here's another lie. I can't get over this sin. Surely God will never forgive me again. Hmm. Well, part, stop calling me Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Part of that comes from this concept that we think that we somehow build up sins and then we pray and it poof, goes away and then we build up <laughs> sins again. It's, it's like a credit card. We've inherited that from the confessional <laughs> mindset and it doesn't work that way. No. Uh, in 1 John 1 and, and 9, it says, or uh, yes, 1 and 9, it says, if you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. Right. Not just, okay, so it's not just like, oh, I didn't ask forgiveness for that sin. I guess I'm never going to get forgiven of it. No. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Past, present, future. Yes. It's complete. Yes. It's yes. 100% complete on the cross. The work of the cross was 100% completed. To tell us die, what Jesus said exactly. on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. Yeah. It is done. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm never going to have to do this again. Right. And, and so... In fact, Hebrews <clears throat> says you would be crucifying Christ all over again, over and over and over again every right. time you sin. Right, And that's, that's just stupid. Like, don't, don't think that. Here's a, here's a good one to think about. Peter comes to, uh, comes to, to Jesus in Matthew 18. And you see, he comes to him and he asks, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant? This is, by the way, verse 33. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Now, this is one thing to think about here. When Peter asked Jesus how many times I should forgive my brother, now, Jesus' reply is not 490 times. <laughs> yeah. Seven is the number of completion. Right. Seventy is a compounded number of completion. Right. So 70 times seven is, the, is, is equivalent in the Hebrew vernacular of saying there's no end to it. It's right. a complete thing. You always will forgive your, your brother if he asks you for it. Right. So... The thing that I found interesting about this is, would Jesus ask us to do something that he's not willing to do for us? No. No. And that's exactly what it says here in verse 33. He says, shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I have mercy upon you? Amen. So never get into this mindset that your sin has outweighed Jesus's grace. Yeah. That his blood is somehow not thick enough to cover all of it. Yeah. You are loved even though you fall. Right. The thing is, get back up. Yeah. 
get back up and strive for the mastery. Yeah. And, and that, and that is what, what we are, are called to do. Um, thing is we should not let our feelings or thoughts or Satan's lies dictate what is true. God's word is truer than anything we feel, think, or see. Satan tries to cloud our thinking. He tries to make us think that God is depriving us from something. But it is God who created us and loves us enough to die for us. In dealing with Satan's lies, you have to know the truth. Yeah. So get into your Bibles. That's it. Study. You know, that that right there is the number one thing in fighting Satan. Mm-hmm. It's scripture. Mm-hmm. That's what Christ used. That's what that's the truth. And we need to know it. If you don't know it, then I mean you're just de weaponizing yourself. <laughs> yes. And we are full of weapons. We've been given all these weapons right. through uh the scriptures. I mean, uh Romans sixteen and twenty gives us this promise. This is uh the God of peace will quickly crush Satan under your feet. Yeah. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. That's the last things he was telling the Romans. Yeah. <laughs> is that he will crush Satan under your foot. Yeah. So, I mean, we should be fearless in the face of Satan. He's not a big, scary monster. Right. He is a sniveling little rascal yeah. that just is persistent. Yeah. And is constantly gnawing at you like a rat. Right. And uh, But through God and through the Holy Spirit, uh, he will be crushed underneath us just the Amen. way he was under Jesus. That's good. So uh, we have all these weapons that we've been giving up. Uh, we could go into Ephesians 6, talk about the whole armor of God. Oh, yeah. That's a huge study in and of itself. But, you know, <laughs> he says things like taking up the shield of faith. Now... Stop and think about that for a minute. Taking it up, that's not a passive thing. No. That's an aggressive thing. In fact, the shield was not only a defensive piece of ornament, it was also a weapon. Right. That that could be used in in the battle. Um, So, uh, let's see. We're told there in James 7, if we submit to God... It says, submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4. Oh, sorry. Is that what I say? James 4, 7. Okay, James 4, 7. That's right. So um, now now think about that for a minute. That that gives us confirmation of what kind of fighter Satan is. He's not. No. He's he an accuser. He, he's accusing you. Right. He doesn't want you to fight you. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't deal well with that. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's no way that he can. In in actuality, if you if you surrendered your life to Christ, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, nothing. Look Satan in the face and tell him, "Get out! Right, exactly. get that corn out of my face! Get that corn out of my face!" <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Amen. Because because he has. He will go to the path of least resistance. Right. He's going to move on yeah. if, if, if you do that. And so that that's, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians there, it tells us in, in the 10th chapter that there's no trial that's been given to man that cannot be overcome. There's not, there, if there is a temptation that he puts in front of you, because this, this is a passage about temptations, yeah. not, about, not about struggles or, you know, uh, poverty. or We hear this verse used for that a lot. Now, this is talking about temptation. There's not a temptation given to you that has not been given to anybody else. 
And if there's a, that temptation is there, there's a way to escape it. He, he will make sure you have a way out. The question is, are you looking for the way out? Right. Are you, are you running? Um, it, it made me think of Joseph. Joseph is in the house of Potiphar. And you got this wife of Potiphar that's coming on to him, you know? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure this was a tempting thing. Sure. And, and yet what, what happens whenever, uh, she grabs Joseph's jacket or whatever. And he's like, he no, tells- I'm out of here. Tucks tail and he runs like a gazelle, right? He's out. That's great. He ran. He so he was looking for that way out. He was looking sure. looking for the door. Um, so you know, there's all these things that we could do. Uh, we need to learn how to capture our thoughts because that's part of the problem. We're dwelling in our own minds too much. Yeah, and we're worrying about things and we're fretting about things. And and of course, uh, for that, uh, when you get time, Second Corinthians ten three through five, it talks about. Bringing every thought captive. Captive, yes. And 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 actually, uh, th- this is not something that's easily done because you can't unthink something. Right. You can't, you know, think some th- not decide not to think something without thinking it. It's a really weird conundrum. Yeah. So th- the whole idea has to be about capturing the thought. So in other words, the thought happens, the thought comes. Right. But you take it prisoner. Yeah. I'm in control of this, not you. Right. I'm taking control. And that's what it means to capture your thoughts. It doesn't mean stop thinking about things and stop and stop uh stop having sinful thoughts or right. whatever. It's about making sure that you capture them. Right. Uh whenever they come through. Uh one of the the last things that I want to look at here is how what what he says there in that in our our key passage there in 1 Peter 5 um uh about our brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters throughout yeah. the world. Right. We're called to stand together. Amen. And and that is so important. And, and that goes into what part of what you were saying before about this this hypocritical way that, that the church has been operating. Yeah. We don't confess our faults to each other. Right. We're you know, scared of what everyone's gonna think about us. And we read those passages, and we, it's almost like we skip over them. Confess your sins one to another, right? Yes. And the purpose is not not so that you have forgiveness, mm-hmm. because you've already been forgiven. Yeah. The purpose is to encourage one another, to lift right. each other up. To strengthen and one to another. And to strengthen one another. Mm-hmm. If I come to my brother, I should be able to be open. My brother, I should be able to be open about what's struggling, what I'm struggling with. Yes. And be lifted up in prayer. Not only that, but... To be encouraged, to be strengthened, yes, to be to even be chastised, to you know, to be chided on, yes, right, yes. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal is in love to build each other up, so that Satan has no way of accusing because we're protecting each yeah. other. Yeah, we'll stop and think about um, what is it called uh, the phalanx, phalanx. Uh, Oh yeah, position of the Romans, right? Where they would take their shields and overlap them, right? So that no enemy could could Penetrate. get through, and so you stood with your shield over one of your legs and one of your partner's legs, and the right. guy on the left of you, he had his shield covering your other leg. So I mean, right. you're overlapping the shield. You had to trust your brother, huh? That's right, and you had to move together exactly as one unit, 
And when those arrows come through, I mean, this is talking. This is taking that shield of faith thing, uh, even knocking it up a notch, greater step <laughs> yeah, further because right. you're combining your faith yeah. with the faith of you, of the person standing next to you. Yeah, and it's not letting those fiery darts get in. Right. And so we have to be able to stand with one another. Yeah. And and trust one another enough to be able to tell them anything. Amen. Even the most embarrassing or uh, damning. Yeah. Uh, uh, Things, things that could ruin our reputation, ruin uh, our lives. Even yeah. I mean, we have to be willing to uh, to share this stuff. And, and that comes from James five, uh, where it talks about uh, how we should pray for one another. It says that the prayers of a righteous person has great effectiveness. And so, once again, where's our righteousness come from? Yeah. Not ourselves. It comes from our trust and our faith in in Jesus That's Christ. Right. Um, but there's there's uh, more, if anyone's taking notes, Colossians 6, first couple of verses there, it talks about uh, brothers and sisters working together. And um, <clears throat> also in Hebrews, uh, there in, and was it 14, I believe? Looks like 10. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, 10 and 24, where it talks about, yeah. uh, as you see the day approaching, be together. Right. Provoke one another to good works. Don't forsake coming together yeah. because those we need each other yeah. and to always to stand uh, with each other. Uh, I love and Psalms 144 verses 1 through 2 says, The Lord, my protector, deserves praise. The one who trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war, who loved me and is my stronghold, my refuge and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take shelter, who makes nations submit to me. Yeah. See, that's not about <laughs> that's not about your power. That's so good. It's all in Christ, right? That's about yeah. That's about uh, Christ, the power that 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 Christ has. Amen. Um, let me pull up one last thing here. That um, while you're pulling that up, I just want to throw out okay. my theology of of Satan is is Luther's a lot, a lot of Luther. Yes. Um, and this is a really good quote. Uh, Luther comparing the devil to a chained dog. It says, "Why should you fear? Why should you be afraid? Do you not know the prince of this world has been judged? He is no lord, no prince anymore. You have a different, a stronger lord, Christ, who has overcome and." And bound him. Therefore, let the prince and God of this world look sour, bare his teeth, make a great noise, threaten and act as an in in mannerly way. He can do no more than a bad dog on a chain, which may bark, run here and there, and tear at the chain, but because it is tied to you, avoid it. And it cannot bite you. So the devil acts towards every Christian. Therefore, everything depends on this, that we do not feel secure, but continue in the fear of God and in prayer. Then the chain dog cannot harm us, but the chain dog may at least frighten him who would be secure and go ahead without <coughs> caution, although he may not come close enough to be bitten. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, the devil's a chain dog. Yes. He, he's nothing. Yes. Right. It's so good. You know, um, it, you know we, we talked about, you know, what is it, a little over a year ago, we did like uh, our favorite songs and bands yeah. and all that sort of thing. And 
and uh, you already mentioned Rich Mullins. Yeah. But uh, and one of my favorite bands was was For Today, and <laughs> even though For Today is is a metal screamo band or whatever, they are so big on spiritual warfare. Right. That's like their whole thing. So like this type of stuff, their lyrics are like. Right with right this stuff. Yep. I mean, they 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 challenge Satan in their lyrics, and and I will have to say you have to be careful <laughs> because if you're not prepared, right, and yeah. and you issue a challenge, I mean, you might have to live up to that. And and right. I really do believe I've gone through that before. Um, I you know rashly made a challenge at one point to uh, to Satan, basically, you know, said you know. Lord, let let Satan come. I'll I'll beat him down or whatever, you know, yeah. a prideful kind of thing. Sure. <clears throat> and uh, it wasn't long after, and I was dealing with lots of trials, mm. lots of trials. And um, of course, I do believe that that you know, the Lord helped me and strengthened me through that all that experience. But I'm just saying, be careful of what you <laughs> sure <laughs> of what you what you what you wish for. But anyway. In their lyrics, I want to read uh, just kind of to close this out. Spoken word thing that they did sure. at the end of of one of their albums. Uh, <clears throat> my uh, daughter was listening to this, and she was like, "That is the most powerful, heavy praise song I've ever." Heard. <laughs> but anyway, it, it goes like this: <clears throat> Life. Love, forgiveness, acceptance. Stripping demons right off my back trying to leech life off of me. Get off of me and feel my father's fury oppressor. One day you'll feel the full blast of his vengeance, Beelzebub, but for now I'll love because I got strength. He blew courage in my backbone. Now I'll stand straight and militant, lining up in Jehovah's battalion, knowing that you can't challenge him. So we march forward. Swift as eagles, set like talons, ready to grip souls from your grasp. Slick snake in the grass. <laughs> My Lord sees you and his vengeance is his. But for now, I retaliate, propelled by a holy mandate to heal, because I know how bad it hurts. Full of madness at first. But now gladness burst out of the seams of our beings because we overflow with the oil of joy, the ointment of the anointed, mending any torn soul, soul, healing any broken bone. He is here. He was there. He is peace, and he is faithful. Amen. I love that. <laughs> so powerful. Oh, man. So the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, to, par to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up with us or stay up to date with us uh, with all the latest from our shows, including our friends over at Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and to leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Com. By the way, Finding Christ in Cinema is is has been thinking about doing uh, The Shining for their Halloween. I'm thing. all about that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, so. Stanley Kubrick. 
<laughs> so call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments in there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Dave. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTnetwork.com. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it!